one of the biggest mistakes that I do see when people create a channel is they're kind of all over the place, which is totally understandable, you know, not just all over the place in terms of topics, but also all over the place in terms of um, content uh, formats, right? Uh, vlogging, tutorials, interviews, there's so many of these choices that you have to make. That is Rob Balas Abbas, and he is the partnership manager at TubeBuddy. In this episode, he's going to tell us what he does at TubeBuddy and how he got that role, which is an interesting story. And then he's also going to talk about making money on YouTube, what people do right, what people do wrong, and what you should do and who you should hire if you want some extra help with this. So Rob is very generous with a lot of the information he shares. Before we get into this episode, I want to remind you of a couple of things. One is that if you are looking to earn more media exposure without spending money on ads, and maybe you don't have a budget for a PR agency, or maybe you just want to do it in-house and you want to learn a thing or two, please check out Pitch Publicity Profit. This is my free three-day online course where I walk you through the exact pitch, that led to coverage for a client, how she aced that publicity and started earning more after that very first media hit, and how she turned it into profit. And I pull the curtain back, I share specific details, and you can access that right now by going to pitchpublicityprofit.com. And the second thing I want to remind you of before we get into my interview with Rob is that you can try Podcast Clout for free. Just go to podcastclout.com and right on the homepage, you can sign up for a free trial. Now, if you want to build your brand by being a guest on podcasts, which I highly recommend, it's how I built my business and it's also how a lot of my clients see publicity turn into profit because listen, there is something special about you, podcast listeners. People who listen to podcasts are just so much more invested in education, in entertainment, and they are willing to do the work that somebody who scrolls online or has the TV on in the background just is not. So that's it. Those are the two things. Now let's get to this episode with Rob Belasabas from TubeBuddy. Ever wonder how some people seem to get all the media coverage, but you don't? Go behind the scenes with a TV reporter, national on-air host, a news contributor who has interviewed celebrities, took you inside the Versace mansion, and even stood on a chair to interview basketball legend Alonzo Mourning. Get ready, because Become a Media Maven is the podcast where Christina Nicholson is sharing secrets from her years in front of the camera, in the editing booth, and now behind the podcast mic. Rob, thank you so much for being here on Become a Media Maven. Yeah, thanks, Christina. Awesome to be here. Uh, Very excited for our conversation today. I'm excited to chat with you. So an introduction was made um, because I have software and I was chatting um, about a partnership program. And he said, oh, well, let me introduce you to Rob, who handles partnerships at TubeBuddy. So tell me exactly what you do at TubeBuddy, and then we'll get into like the nitty gritty of YouTube and creating content and making money doing it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, So TubeBuddy, so what I do here, partnership manager, so uh, really working with two things. Uh, A, our affiliate program. So I own and 
really handle that uh, channel for us as a revenue stream. Um, so uh, resources for affiliates, making sure they have all the things, education content for them, all those things. So the affiliate program and also working with our top partners really closely, both um, content creators like you know influencers and then also brand partners um you know other software other complementary tools for youtube creators those you know those are conversations i have and running campaigns with them and co-marketing things with them um is the sort of the other half of what i do here too buddy yeah and how'd you get involved in that yeah good question um yeah before TubeBuddy, buddy i was uh with another software company based here in vancouver called thinkific uh, so uh, it's an online course platform, um, you know, really sort of changing the landscape of education. Uh, you know, everybody's creating online courses and all those things. And so I was there for about five years on the marketing team. And then um, the last two or three years, I was on the partnership team uh, working with a lot of YouTube creators and uh, social media uh, experts and, you know, people of influence. And so um, started going to conferences, uh, in-person conferences. And that's where I met the team at TubeBuddy because they were also going after sort of the same content creator, um, you know, audience and uh, had a, you know, started to build good relationships with them, just really love their tool and their, their, their team and what they're doing. And um, opportunity came up to do a virtual summit together between T Thinkific and TubeBuddy. And so I was sort of the point person at Thinkific and got to work with the TubeBuddy team really closely. Um, after that summit went really well, we were sort of like, you know, having a, uh, you know, a brief on like how it went. And, uh, you know, the, the conversation sort of organically came up like, hey, what would it take to have you here? And uh, <laughs> we sort of need somebody to be a face and uh, sort of building relationships for us here with content creators. So um, yeah, that opportunity came up and I, I really could not refuse and uh, really wanted to work closer with YouTube creators and the whole creator economy on YouTube. I kind of saw YouTube as like sort of the, the pinnacle of like content creation when it comes to videos and um, you know, it was just such a massive thing, sort of the next challenge for me in my career that I saw. And so this was, this was the perfect opportunity and perfect role for me. Um, and, um, yeah, here, here I am. That was in January, 2020 when I joined the team, uh, and have been here ever since. And tell me what makes a good partnership manager, because ah. it is a very unique role, especially in the software space. And, mm. I have learned just since launching mine about a year and a half ago that everybody says like partnerships is the way to go. Like everybody just doubles down on partnerships. So tell me what you should look out for in a good way and in a bad way. If you are looking to either handle partnerships yourself or bring somebody on to do it for you. Yeah, it's a really good question. I think, um, I think the first thing is you need to have as a good partnership manager, if you're looking for one is someone that is actually a user of your product or a user of like your product in some way or like a complementary product even right so um you know somebody that knows and understands the landscape of like whatever game you're in whatever niche you know your company is in your software is in they need to understand that so that's that's like the first first thing because as a partnership manager you're you're in conversations with a lot of your top partners right that's that's really the gig and so you need to understand what your partners are going through, what are their struggles, what are their goals, what are their, you know, what is it that's going to incentivize them to do something with your with your company? And so, you know, especially in the YouTube space, there's lots of 
brands that want creators' attention. I mean, this is what this podcast is all about. It's really the creator economy. And there's a big shift right now in that. And so creators are having more and more control of this economy versus sort of the traditional way where, you know, the brands had the control. And so going back to your question, yes, somebody that understands, you know, the partners, the the, the ideal partners and what they uh, really want to accomplish. And then also just in general, I think um, somebody that is uh, really creative in finding ways to work with, you know, the people you want to partner up with. And those those creative ways are not, I say creative because a lot of people will lean on like, let's make the money work and like, let's pay people. But a lot of times that's not the driving force uh, to incentivize people to do things. You know, some people want recognition. Some people want opportunities. Some people want, um, you know, sort of this, um, they want to be elevated as a as an authority, as an expert in their space. So, you know, some people want doors to be open for them, introductions, right? And so um, really understanding and and having an EQ for that, um, I think is a really important uh, quality for a partnership manager. Love it. Okay, you talked about the content creators a bit, working with them at Thinkific, working with them at YouTube. It's obviously a super fun way to make money, but it's also crazy hard and crazy yeah. competitive. And you can create a YouTube video that blows it out of the park every day and post one every day and still not make money. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about as a content creator, specifically on YouTube, the difference between working hard and working smart. Like what are mm -hmm. people doing that makes them successful? And then what are the people doing? Kind of same question that I asked you earlier about partnerships. Mm -hmm. What are people doing? Like they're working really hard. They're doing all of the right things. Like high quality content, putting it out there, but they're not seeing that growth. So what are the mistakes you see people making and what are those things where they're like, yes, just do this, do more of this? Yeah, yeah, that's a really good question. And that's that's something we talk about and think we think about a lot. Um, you know, actually we have a show called The Revenue Streams. Um, and so we talked to a lot of these top creators and how they're building their businesses. And really from the from our conversations, the top creators out there that have made YouTube full-time or content creation their full-time business is that they're looking at two things. They're looking at active income and passive income, right? And so, you know, for example, passive income is Google AdSense, right? Um, affiliate revenue, right? In some capacity, it's mostly passive income. You kind of create your videos and your content and money kind of trickles in over time. And then there's active income, which is more the, the income that you're seeking on a regular basis, you know, sponsorships, right? Paid speaking gigs. These are these are active income. Um, so there's there needs to be a good blend of both. Um, you know, the best ways that I've seen is that they're building their passive income and also sort of seeking the active income. Um, outside of that, too, is that they're also creating their own products. And so they're not relying. They're using YouTube and, you know, Instagram, LinkedIn, all of these, you know, uh, platforms. And they're leveraging the reach that it allows them to get to build their community. But then there, there, there's, there's, you know, depending on the platform, there is monetization, um, you know, sort of worked into those platforms, AdSense and, you know, different platforms now have uh, the creative fund for TikTok and things like that. So there's ways to make passive income on that. But they're also using those platforms to build a community, 
to then sell their own products. So that's where memberships on Patreon or buy me a coffee or these platforms and also selling courses, um, you know, one-off courses, consultations, coaching, all of these things, um, you know, they're, they're building both. And so I think that that is the best way to build a sustainable business, right? Because you may want to take off time, right? As a business owner, it's only a business if you can step away and still make money. And so that's where the passive income really comes into play. So, um, you know, we are, we're big, we're big on, on both types of, uh, incomes, um, passive and, and active. And so if you're, if you're out there listening, think about that, right? Think about active and passive income, and then sort of make sure that you're building both. Um, you know, obviously you want videos and content that people will find that are evergreen, also, that's another thing is that content creators are creating evergreen content, right? And so meaning that it's not just trending today. You want to also build a good blend of that, right? There might be something that's trending today. Maybe, you know, we just had the Olympics. So if your content can overlap with Olympics, you know, as a topic, you may want to create something around that. But you also want to create the things that people are going to be searching for months from now, years from now. Um, and that's, you know, there's there's lots of case studies on that so that you're creating passive income as well. So, um, yeah. Is there an order in which you suggest people try to make that money? Like, obviously, the goal is to make money. But if I'm starting out new on YouTube, should I go for the passive income first or the active income? Or should I just go there to sell my product? Is there an order that is more strategic than not? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, you know, I would I would definitely say active income first, because that way that way you're able to to fund all the things. And, um, you know, at the same time, it doesn't have to be one or the other. You know, if you're creating, for example, um, you know, a tutorial on how to grow your YouTube channel, for example, or um, how to be productive and use tools like ClickUp or Asana or, or whatever, um, these, these tools do have affiliate programs. So you can create a video and just mention, by the way, you know, if you guys want to follow along this tutorial and you don't have Asana installed yet, find the link down below to install Asana or get 30 days for free on, on one of their paid plans. It's an affiliate link, so you do your disclosure. But also at the same time, you do your tutorial and at the end you say, hey, you know, by the way, if this seems really daunting to you and you wanna talk to somebody to kind of work through any questions you have, feel free to book a call with me for a 30 minute consultation or whatever. And then that way you're, you're, you're a, you're building the affiliate revenue in the beginning, right? Because people need to follow along and install the tools that you're talking about. But then, and then B, you're offering a way to make that active income where, you know, maybe you're, you know, you can make a, you know, $200 or whatever your consultation fee is, um, you know, for that particular tool. So, so, so it's kind of like, yes, lead with active in my opinion, uh, but you can kind of start building both parallel. Yeah. Perfect. Talk to me about somebody who is either starting a YouTube channel, is thinking about doing it, but now that they've listened to you, Rob, they're like, okay, now I got my motivation. I'm going to do it. Or maybe they have one and it's just kind of like dormant. We've had on the podcast, we've had Pat Flynn, Amy Landino, mm -hmm. Sunny Leonard Doozy. Like we've had these YouTube creators on who have spilled all kinds of tea, giving us all the goods. So tell us from your perspective, a TubeBuddy partnership manager, what should people be doing at the start? And I am going to guess 
tube buddy plays a part in this because it is like SEO. Like everybody says, YouTube is a search engine. It's not like social media. It's a search engine. Like, so you will be found. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, that's uh, these are really <laughs> this is great questions. Um, yeah. To start, the first thing is, you know, I guess the other way to answer this is like one of the biggest mistakes that I do see when people create a channel is they're kind of all over the place, which is totally understandable, you know, not just all over the place in terms of topics, but also all over the place in terms of um, content uh, formats, right? Uh, vlogging, tutorials, interviews, there's so many of these choices that you have to make. Um, you know, there's all of these things that you're testing as, as well. And, um, you know, you're gonna, as you create more videos on YouTube, you sort of understand how YouTube works. And so, you know, people are making one minute videos, should I make shorts? Do I make 20 minute videos, because I heard this person say that that's the key to it. So there's all of these things. So I think the things to, to do is A, yes, test, but don't test too long. Like test, don't test a bunch of things because YouTube becomes confused. So, you know, say for like, okay, this month I'm gonna test, um, you know, interviews. So I'm gonna interview similar to what's happening now. I'm going to interview people and ask them four questions, you know, and I'm going to do that with people that are in my space. Um, if you're doing interviews and collaborations, first thing is also don't be afraid to talk to your competitors or people that are in your niche, right? Because there's more than enough business uh, to be had on YouTube to be found. So that's one thing I would say. It's like really focus on one type of content and do that for a month or two months and then really try to hone that in, right? On YouTube, it doesn't just have to be one thing as long as you're talking to the same audience, but um, you know, in your channel with your content, as long as you're talking to the same audience and the same viewer, like you have to have a vision of who you're, who's watching your content. Um, you can have different shows, right? YouTube is a channel, just like a TV is a, you know, TV has, you know, on TV there's channels and on the channel there's different shows, right? And so, so you can have a show where it is, you know, you are talking solo. You can have a show where you're interviewing people on a different, on a certain topic. Um, so you can have different shows. Now, the next thing with that is of course, doing the research first. So whether it's a tutorial or an interview or uh, a vlog, um, you know, do your research first as to what are the topics that people are searching, right? You're going to, you're going to learn a lot when you do that. You're going to, you're going to find that maybe what you think people are interested in that you wanted to make a video about, it's actually not what people are searching. Or you may find that the words that people are using to search for the videos you want to create isn't the words that you use because you're such an expert that you are so like your language is different than what your viewers are actually searching. So one example is like some people may think like, oh, uh, you know, people use virtual assistants versus freelancers, right? There's a definite distinction of like who, you know, what language, what people call themselves. So those are those are things. So make sure you're doing the research ahead of time. Um, you know, I think that that's really, really important. So, you know, with those two things, I think that's probably the best way to start. And then just start creating, right? Start creating. You know, you're going to have if your channel is small, it's coming up. Don't be afraid to just really start posting these things because you're going to learn about yourself. You're going to learn about YouTube. You're going to learn about how, you know, how to keep people's attention and all of these things. Um, and so just start posting those videos. Let's go back and just dig deeper in the research part. Sure. Because this is what TubeBuddy, I mean, I know there's a lot of aspects to TubeBuddy. 
I am not a YouTuber. I throw stuff up there on YouTube. Like your first step, like the biggest mistake people make is they're all over the place. I'm like, Rob's talking about me. <laughs> In my defense, I have two channels, one for Media Maven and one for the lifestyle blog. So it's okay. not completely all over the place, but just a little bit all over the place. But I do have two buddy. And when I used to be a little bit more regular about posting, I would do my keyword research in there. And I would, and Rob, tell me if I'm using it correctly or not. I would look for keywords that had low competition, but a lot of people searching for them. And that's like the needle in the haystack. I mean, that's what everybody wants, whether it's on YouTube or it's, you know, on your blog and you want to show up in Google. But it's tricky. Like the research takes time. Can you can you build on that a little bit and kind of give people an inside look at how TubeBuddy works and how, you know, it is a time consuming thing. It's not as easy as it sounds. Yeah, the the research does take time. Uh, you know, we're not we're not, uh, you know, going to say anything different because that's really the truth. The research takes a lot of time. And even our team, we have our we have a couple channels you know, the content creators on our team, we spend a lot of time on the research and we talk about it. We'll bounce the ideas around. It's not like I've got five minutes before I want to record today. I'm going to do some keyword research. It's like literally like sometimes hours trying to figure out what is it that we're going to, you know, make this video on. I have an idea, but let's let's really run it through the filter of like, you know, keyword research to see if it's worth it. Right. Um, and just like you said, you know, low competition, but but a lot of people searching, right? The you know there's a few things that there's a few factors in keyword research in terms of like giving the keyword a score, and the search volume is probably the 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 deal breaker for me. It has to be a good amount of searches, or otherwise it's just not worth creating that video. So yes, um, you know one of the things that we do is when we find a good topic, we don't just use it for one video. We'll create you know, there's, I mean, you guys can search this on, there's a concept of tent polling. Um, and so we'll create multiple videos around this keyword, right? So for example, if it's like Facebook live stream, right? So we'll create videos and we'll research around the whole idea of Facebook live stream. So, um, you know, what cameras to use for Facebook live streams, what, um, you know, what software to use to, you know, go live on Facebook, um, you know, how do I build a community using Facebook lives? How do I, you know, generate income using Facebook live streams? You know, so there's multiple topics and videos around Facebook live, right? And so that's kind of the approach that we always take with it is that it is, you know, you find a really good keyword that's going to take a lot of time, but then you craft around that keyword multiple videos because that does a, a lot of things for your channel. Um, you get a lot of benefits from that. Um, you know, A, YouTube understands more and more what your channel is about. So now they can start recommending your channel and your videos to other people that don't know about your channel, right? Because we have to understand that YouTube's goal is to keep people on YouTube for as long as possible. And so if you have videos around a certain topic, you need to send them signals. You need to send YouTube signals as to what your channel is about, and then they can do the work for you. And that's the beauty of YouTube is that now YouTube understands, now they can share your videos uh, to other people that don't know about your channel, not subscribed, and then once they do that, then they're going to see, okay, well, you know, this person didn't know about Christina's channel. They saw one video. They seem to like it. Let's send them more videos when they come back to YouTube. And that's where recommended and suggested video views come into play. And that's the beautiful thing about YouTube. So, 
So yeah, so um, there's really no shortcut to the keyword research, but the best th- the the thing that I always tell people is that you want us, you'd rather I would rather spend the time upfront to understand the topics by using keyword research rather than creating a video and spending time filming, editing, all that stuff, and then have a video on my YouTube channel that never gets anywhere, right? And so I would rather just spend the time upfront uh, to gain all of those views and benefits down the road. So um, so yeah, that's, that's really the, you know, keyword uh, research um, approach that we take. Do you find that the bigger creators that you work with, the ones who are making a living doing this, are strategic in that way? Like they're planning their content out weeks in advance by doing that research first. Is that one of the differentiators between the other ones who are trying to make it and they just haven't got it yet? Absolutely. Yeah. They're, they're, they're not just, yes, they are definitely planning their content ahead of time. Um, but they're also creating update videos on certain topics that they know that they already rank for. Um, so, you know, one example is guys look up Roberto Blake, for example. So Roberto has multiple videos and not just Roberto, Nick Nimmin, you know, um, you know, Sean Cannell, all of the YouTube experts out there, they have multiple videos on very similar topics, right? Um, you know, how to get more views, how to get more subscribers, how to, you know, get, you know, into the YouTube partnership program, you know, all of these things. So they have similar videos. So they'll, they'll do an update video every six months, few months, you know, maybe once a year, but they're always recreating those videos because they understand that there's always going to be a, there are, you know, let's say you have a hundred thousand subscribers, um, and you have a video and it got 30,000 views. That means there's 70,000 of your subscribers or a good chunk of your subscribers that didn't see that video. So there's no harm in recreating the video because you probably have some new insights, maybe some new data, um, so you'll recreate that video. Um, and so that never, never hurts at all. Um, and so you're just going to continue. It's all about saturation. And so, you know, if YouTube knows, again, going back to what I just said, YouTube understands your video, your channel is all about these particular topics, then they will continue doing their part in sharing your channel with other people. And how do you determine who you work with and who you partner with on the creator level? I mean, I know you probably oh, okay. partner with other yeah. businesses and softwares, mm-hmm. but on the content creator level, how do you, I mean, what are you looking for in in the people that that you approach? Yeah, we're, we're looking for, well, for us, we have historically worked with a lot of uh, YouTube experts, YouTube education experts, you know, obviously that just makes a lot of sense for us, but we're also working with um, we're starting to work with a lot of creators that are outside of the YouTube education space, um, but have growing channels. And it doesn't have to be like, you know, 100,000 subscribers or anything like that, as long as they're growing. Um, so that's one of the things that we look for, that they have a growing channel, they're consistent, um, but also they're building really solid communities. Um, you know, we we really love, like we value, we try to build a solid community ourselves. And we really find that there's a lot of benefit in working with people that have really solid communities. Pat Flynn, Sonny, like the people that you just mentioned, you know, these these people have fantastic YouTube channels, some of them multiple YouTube channels. Um, but be behind the veil, they have um, even better communities. And so, you know, to be super transparent, if you have a really good community and uh, whatever you say and recommend your community members will at least check it out. And so we really, really value that sort of like that authority um, and that trust that people have built. Um, You know, so that's, that's what we go for. One last question. Yeah. 
and this is like a loaded question, <laughs> about where you see the creator economy going in the next few years. Oh, because I feel like even, I mean, maybe I'm old, I'm 37. So like, I didn't get I'm into older the than whole- that. <laughs> I didn't get into the whole TikTok thing until like the pandemic when it was like trendy for us old folks to get on TikTok. But I mean, you know, like then we started hearing about these high schoolers on TikTok making millions. Like just when you think it can't get any bigger, it gets bigger and bigger. And I mean, you can even go all the way back to like, I think Usher discovered Justin Bieber on YouTube. That's right. So That's how right. much bigger, I mean, and that was back in the day. Yeah. So I mean, how much bigger is it going to get and what is next? Oh man, that that's a that's a great question, and I'm actually, it's, you to tell us the future, Rob. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> let me predict the no. Um, you know, just kind of where we see go, things going. Like our parent company is this company called Ben Branded Entertainment Network, and so all they do is really like outside of YouTube. You know, it's all about product placement and influencer marketing and all that stuff. And so they have a lot of insights, and so um, we see a lot of the action behind the scenes. Um. I, it's just going to keep on getting bigger. That's really it. I mean, you know, they're just going to the the control. And I think I kind of alluded to this earlier is that um, the shift in terms of like control and power, if uh, lack of a better term, is really going to the direction of the creator, that the creator can really dictate a lot of where, you know, a lot of these things will happen. And um, monetization is one of the things that platforms need to really worry about and think about. Um, you know, pin, uh, I think it was, um, I mean, TikTok launched a creator fund. Um, there's another platform. I want to say Pinterest, but maybe I'm wrong. But all of these platforms are really, Facebook, for example, Facebook launched another monetization, um, you know, module. And I think Zuckerberg was saying, like, they're not going to take any percentage uh, from the creators for the first you know, year or something like that. So they're really, like, very mindful of the monetization because wherever the creator can make the most money, that's generally where they will create. I mean, if I can create, you know, my content and I upload it to YouTube versus TikTok, where can I make more money? Because my audience will be wherever I go almost, Right. And so, um, so a that I think that's the next thing. They're just gonna, you know, creators are gonna get younger and younger. <laughs> uh, you know, um, I, there's two two examples of this um, that I really witnessed. Is the first is like I was at VidCon a couple years ago, the last time VidCon happened in person, and um, I, you know, there's a lot of fans at VidCon. Uh, it's a massive conference. There's a lot of YouTubers that attend as well. Um, and, you know, I forget who the celebrity was, but he walked in. Nobody cares. Like these younger, like <laughs> these teenagers, they don't care about celebrities, Hollywood celebrities. But this this YouTuber came in and he they're just like like flooded. They're like all these like, you know, uh, teenagers, like they just like flocked to them, wanted to get selfies and stuff. And so it was like a quick, like a real indication to me that those are the YouTubers and content creators online. And that's where that's where the the next generation is like looking to. And that's who they want to be like. That's who they look up to. And that's like, you know, and so even now, like just recently, the NCAA, you know, they they changed the rules, right? And so now these NCAA college athletes, they can be, they can make money with their content. And, you know, they don't have to forfeit their scholarships and all these things. So that opens up a whole nother like thousands of like, you know, content creators. And so I think we're going to see a lot of localization of influencers, right? You're going to see, you know, the, you know, like small towns having an influencer, you know, doing deals with like car dealerships in a small town and things like that. Um, and so 
and then outside of that, I mean, we have we can talk about this for for hours, Christina. But like, and then tools, right? Creation tools are just going to be on the rise because as content creation becomes more and more mainstream, um, not just influencers, but like just more and more mainstream, then the tools need to be easier. People are going to seek ways to create content with their phone faster, easier, and then be able to like upload it. Um, even easier. So the whole the whole business side of like software and all those things um, will just become will just explode. And there's there's going to be new tools. There's like new tools that people send me like, hey, Rob, have you checked this out? Like every two days, there's like something new that's come out. So um, yeah, so so more creators, more money flowing into the creator economy, and then just more tools and things behind the scenes. I'm a big fan of hiring somebody <laughs> to help me do these things, especially when it comes to business. And I feel like a lot of times, you know, we listen to podcasts, we read blogs, we watch YouTube videos, and I don't want to say surface level information, but we need specific stuff. Like I need to tell somebody my specific goals. I need them to look at my specific channel, tell me what to do specifically. If somebody is listening and they want to hire somebody to be a paid, a full-time creator. That is how they make their income. Who should they hire? Oh, man. Um, I mean, who are your favorites teaching people how to do this? Like, strategically, instead of, you know, like, the the bullet points. Like, somebody okay. who can, you can work with one-on-one and and drive you to that that goal. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, that's, that's a really good. First, yes, definitely investing in this. If you're in a position to is great. Um, you know, there there are there's sort of tiers and budgets, right? But if you do have the budgets, yes, the Daryl Eves of the world, right? Now, some of these guys, they kind of want a certain amount of content already made, like you're already sort of in the game a bit. But those those guys, um, I would say think media. You know, uh, Sean Cannell and his and his uh, crew over there is really solid as well. Uh, Tim Schmoyer is another great content creator with some really good programs. Um, you know, and so those are those are probably a couple. Sunny Leonard Doozy, of course. Um, yeah. So so those um, there's certain things that you need to learn though, right? So if you're here, you're listening or watching. Yes, creating content is the first thing you need to understand. The second thing then is like you need to get business savvy. Because, yeah, you know, I went to call like I went to call. I'm old. I'm like almost 40. So I went to like brick and mortar college. Right. <laughs> and so I never went to this online stuff, um, you know, even though I, I worked at Thinkific. That's when I was exposed to it. But there's a different type of business that happens online. If you're going to be a content creator full time and making money with your content, there's a ter- there's a there's a there's a bit of a different type of business that you need to understand. So be educated on the business side of things. Pat Flynn is a great, you know, um, example of this. He has some great programs with his SPI courses, um, really teaching you affiliate marketing, brand deals, you know, all of those things, how much to charge per video. If you're going to do a video series with a brand, all of these things are a little bit different. So understand that. So content creation and business, those are two things you need to understand. Um, and then as you scale, then there's guys like Justin Brown and and these guys that will teach you specifically how to grow a team, right? How to hire a video editor, what to look for, you know, how to hire uh, a social media manager and all of these things, how to, you know, you know, hire somebody overseas and how do you, you know, monitor their work and all of that stuff, right? So again, these are all specific tools, um, but that's kind of the beauty of online. You can just like really find a specific course to teach you something that you need to understand. 
You can. And I highly recommend it, but you have to do your homework because for some reason today, everybody on the internet, they think they're a coach and they're not. So <laughs> you you have to do your homework and don't be overwhelmed. Like you do have to take this like piece by piece by, pi- by piece. And, you know, as you grow, your goals change, the coaches you have, you know, you'll, you'll get a different goal and you'll need a new coach and you'll grow and evolve. And there's a lot to it. Thank you so much, Rob. I'm going to link to a lot of what you mentioned in the show notes. Obviously, TubeBuddy will be in the show notes, the Revenue Stream show, um, and then all of those those names if people want to invest and and take their YouTube channel to the next level and maybe work with you at TubeBuddy, Rob. Thank you. Thanks, Christina. Thank you so much for listening. Remember, you can find everything in the show notes for this episode wherever you listen to podcasts. Tap that subscribe button if you haven't already, and don't forget to check out pitchpublicityprofit.com and... Get that free trial at podcastclout.com. I will see you in a couple of weeks right here on Become a Media Maven. But before I go, Landon, would you like to say something to the listeners? Because you are just hovering while I am trying to record this podcast intro and tag. Come on. Say hi to everybody. I'm trying to watch a show. So I and my mom told me to be quiet so I can't watch the show. So is that why you're in here hovering? He's giving me a look. I'm done. Are you done? Are we done here? I'm done. I'm watching my show. Bye. Bye.